0: Hey friends, we are your hosts, Leanne and Llewellyn, and welcome back to the One With Friends podcast. We are slowly winding down for season two, Llewellyn. um, Can you believe that we're already two seasons, like almost done?
1: No, I, I can't believe it.
0: Like the fact that we kicked this like on over like just only like a year ago and we're almost done with season two just seems like crazy to me.
1: Yeah, it happened
0: really fast it did we were ill-prepared to start
2: <laughs>
0: sure. um okay but we are as we're winding down we have brought on one of our good friends and she is sort of wrapping up our friends for season two um, Llewellyn and myself have decided to solo it for the last episode, which we did in season one. So it's kind of fitting to also do that in season two. Plus, it's really hard to gather all of your friends together for one big episode if you aren't all together, you know. So um, and welcome back to the podcast.
3: Hi, thanks for having me back.
0: Give us a quick update on what's been going on with you since you were last on the show. Give our friends the update.
3: Okay. The update. I am still currently living in Washington, D.C. there and absolutely loving it still. Um, update. I think the only somewhat bigger update is I purchased a newer vehicle and mm-hmm. so I have been driving that around and I'm so very happy with it, I must say. But other Do you than- want to tell them what you got? Sure. Yes. Um, I got a Nissan Rogue. So a smaller SUV, which is just what I was looking for. That way I can put the seats down and just carry lots of things here and there (laughs) and everywhere. (laughs) Bags, furniture. um, Yeah. Who knows what? So it's just been nice. It's been a nice uh, change from the car that I had before. So
0: I would say that. Well, and Anne, when you go Oh, go ahead. Nope, that's it. I was just going to say that when you go back home to Michigan, when you're in DC, unless you're flying for work purposes, you typically drive, right?
3: Yes, that's correct. I do. How long have I drive so, It's It's like 10 to 11 hours. It just depends on how many times I stop, but it is a, it is a good distance and it's really hard to do that drive by myself, uh, in one straight shot. But sometimes I do, um, just because just to get, it's usually like coming or going back to Michigan. Um, just because I really want to get there. I got For a little sure. bit more in me, but then it's like, when I go back, you know, you had like a full week of just family and friends and I'm somewhat exhausted. And so then, yeah. um, it's nice because I have a friend who lives in Pittsburgh. Okay. And so That's I can stop, spot. which is like, just about halfway, but it's so nice. It it will be so nice just to be able to put the seats down and load everything in and away I go. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's nice. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: All right. Well, Llewellyn, lead us right into this episode. What do we got?
1: Yes. So this week we watched the one with the chicken pox. When Phoebe catches chickenpox, her chances for romance with an ex-lover are nearly ruined. Meanwhile, Monica feels she may be too neurotic for straight Arrow Richard.
2: <laughs>
0: um, okay, so we start off in the soft open. We are at the cafe and Rachel comes up to the group and says, hey guys, I'm sorry. We only have one banana nut muffin left and Chandler grabs it super fast. And Monica says, you know, but I ordered it first. And he's like, but I'm so much faster. And they kind of bicker about it for a second. And then, but Monica is adamant, like, give me that banana nut muffin. And so Chandler licks the muffin and hands it back over. <laughs> then with almost without missing a a B, Monica licks the coffee cup that is seated right in front of Chandler And does it very, like, animated. I mean, she is all over that coffee mug. And it's revealed through Chandler, which as you're watching his face, if you know what's coming, it's hilarious to watch his face as, like, Matthew Perry acting as Chandler. Because he looks like he has a secret. that, And he's kind of, like, amused by it. And we find out it's because that cup was there before Chandler got there and I literally wrote in my notes Llewellyn are you
2: okay
1: <laughs> first off even if it was Chandler's cup that's not acceptable like Monica what and but like Monica of all people I would never suspect her yeah. to do something like yeah. that so the idea that she did just like baffled me even more but it was hard to watch for sure
0: <laughs> and what makes that scene so funny as I think you know, when you, you kind of try and think back to the first time you watched it and you didn't know that was somebody else's cup and you think, well, yeah, an eye for an eye, you know, like a lick for a lick, sort of like, if you're going to lick the muffin before I get it, then I'm going to lick your coffee cup. Um, But then you find out that it's not her coffee cup and you kind of just throw up in your mouth a little bit, because that is some stranger's mug that you have now licked. And it's not like a plate where, you know, their mouth probably didn't touch the plate. You know, but with a coffee mug, that is very um, intimate space there and uh, not a lot of options for how to get that coffee out of the mug. So you are definitely sharing space with somebody else. You
2: are.
0: So Phoebe comes, you know, rolling in announcing the Navy guy that um, the Navy guy is going to be in New York. He is the saltwater Taffy man. Um, now in this episode, Phoebe says she met him when she was playing guitar at the park and he threw in saltwater taffy because he didn't have any change. However, in season eight, episode 15, the one with the birthing video, Phoebe tells Ross she's never had saltwater taffy before because her mother was too busy planning her suicide to provide saltwater treats. So it's a little bit of a disparity in the sense of storyline, even though it never said that she ate the saltwater taffy that he threw in. Um, It was just a way for them to interact. But I thought that was a little bit interesting of a fact as it relates to kind of future episodes with saltwater taffy. But Joey makes the connection of, oh, that's, that's your song, the saltwater taffy man. And she's like, no, as if like Joey was way off, which is funny because, you know, especially with Phoebe's songs, they would be really super personal. Like, don't you think that that would have been easily connectable for her? Yeah. But she kind of calls Joey out as if like, how, like, how would you ever think that? Okay. And the people, what?
1: How dare you think? think that's how I write my music. Write <laughs> music like that. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. She gets all like self-righteous about it somehow. And, uh, So she keeps going on about this Navy guy, you know, he's my submarine man. He resurfaces every few years. Normally it's for three days, but this time it's going to be at two weeks. And all of a sudden the friends start going down a, a trail of, of almost like the, that's what she said jokes. You know, like if you think about the, you know, office, which I'm not, you know, amongst a lot of office lovers here, which is fine, but that's what she said is a huge Michael Scott thing that anytime there's remotely a line that works. It's a. That's what she said, and that's his like punchline. Um, but essentially, Rachel's like, "You mean he goes down for two years at a time?" And Chandler's like chewing on this muffin and cannot swallow it quick enough to get out his own jokes. And, and even, then Monica,
2: yeah, first
1: came in, and she's like, "Oh, oh, guys, I have something to tell you." And Monica's like, "Say it before you can swallow his muffin." <laughs> so keep Chandler from saying
2: anything. Okay? <laughs>
0: Yeah, you're right. And then she also says, you know, that'll teach you to lick my muffin. And he's like, Oh, like he's like cringing because he really wants to get these jokes across and he's just missing his opportunities left and right. And then Ross comes into the picture and he announces that Ben has chicken pox. So if you've, you know, never had it, you know, you're probably going to get it. I guess I didn't realize this about chicken pox now, Llewellyn being, you know, sort of a cleanly person that you are, maybe you have more of an insight on this, but D- can Ross spread chickenpox if his son Ben has it?
1: I would ass- okay I don't know much about chickenpox I had it when I was four um, <laughs> <laughs> but I would assume it's like anything else whereas if like my guess is if Ben has touched Ross and then if Ross somehow carries that somewhere else I would assume mm-hmm. it's yeah. not like any disease. I think so. Disease. Is it a disease, a virus? Like, I don't even know I don't the technical even know term of a chicken pox. But I would assume
2: because I know people, even if you've
0: already had it. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting that he just sort of assumed, like, I don't know if that means Ben was around them recently, or if he's just saying that because he's been around Ben and that he's always hanging out with them, if he could get it that way. I'm not as familiar with it either, so I was just curious about, a lot of times when- like,
1: at least when we've seen Ben, Ben has been at um, um, at Monica's apartment. So my guess yeah,
3: is Ben was there and all of the friends were there. I don't know.
1: We That's what I was that. assuming
3: when he said that was that Ben had just been around them at the some point yeah. recently.
0: Yeah. I think they just kind of threw it in there because um, it doesn't really seem like it maybe fits, but they're just trying to give a storyline, especially to kind of ruin Phoebe's Interactions with this love interest that resurfaces. So, um, but yeah, we find out that Phoebe has never had the chicken box Have you guys all had the chicken box Yeah. Well, Llewellyn, you just said.
1: Yeah. And nodding her head.
3: Like, yes, I did. And I remember I had them the same time as my younger brother. So that definitely, yeah, very contagious, yeah. it seems like. So I remember we had them at the same time. Yes.
1: Yeah. And I, I, at one point I made a note in here, like I don't know many people our age that haven't had the chicken pox. Like when they when he's when he walked yeah. in like, who of you have had it? I fully expected all of them to be like me because it's a highly contagious thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've heard some people say like when one kid gets it, they almost they almost like kind of transfer it to their other kids yeah, because so they, they want them all to mm-hmm. go through it and be done. Yeah. yeah, I've heard that too. So I don't know. I don't know many people that haven't. Have
0: you, Leanne? Yeah, I've had it. Yeah. I think me and my sister both have it, you know, both had it. And uh, I remember getting it and we had family friends that were down the way. And I remember my mom bringing her over because she was, you know, I was the first kid to get it. And so she was kind of unsure. And I remember my neighbor, the neighbor mom being like, yep, that's chicken pox, you know, like here's, you know, some cream and whatnot that you have to put on it. And they were adamant about not scratching which definitely comes into play in this episode as we will see um but not scratching for sure was obviously a main thing in helping it heal quicker which is really hard to do because it's All you want super itchy
3: i even remember them being in my throat like it was weird like were they actually in your throat or you just felt like they no they were felt? actually there oh
1: wow
2: yeah what yeah, i do
3: remember oh, that but I, I can't remember how long they lasted
1: yeah i don't like i want to say it was only a few days like it wasn't weeks
3: but now i think about it like i remember there's a picture of my brother and i like i vividly remember this picture that we took (laughs) and it's like how weird is that there were literally these red bumps like all over your body yeah
2: like
1: my parents said that too i I have like i can like just picture the picture in my uh mind Standing in the kitchen with the oven mitts on my hands. <laughs> you
2: too. <laughs>
3: sobbing. And my mom is taking pictures
1: of me. And I'm like, mom, this is not something to document. It <laughs> yeah, was good times.
0: This is perfect for this episode. I had no idea that you wore that they made you wear oven mitts too. Yes.
1: We did. And I was four, so like you can imagine it was my whole arm. It was, it was <laughs> right. <oven mitt. laughs>
0: Yeah, because they're massive, especially as a you know, as a kid. That's funny.
2: Literally. Them in my arms oh my word. So I wouldn't itch.
0: Oh my gosh. How perfect is this? Well, you friends are in for a treat because Llewellyn has all the dish on oven mitts on the hand. That's hilarious. That's so perfect. Um, okay, so then so we go into the main, you know this is now into the main section of the episode and we're at the girl's apartment and Richard had announced to Monica, he made the bed and I'm going to go take a shower and I'm going to be singing the song. And as soon as Richard leaves the room, Monica is in the process of remaking the bed, but he runs back, you know, he walks back in and he's trying to say, which is it? Is it bad or mad? You know, Leroy Brown. And, and so she has to clarify and he's like, what are you doing? Sorry that was my dog sneezing. Um she said he was like what are you doing and she's like just waiting for you to get back honey. You know she's trying to be all like sweet and sexy but he's like you're remaking the bed aren't you? <laughs> like he knows who he's with. And she starts to kind of, you know, tell why, you know, yes I was. I'm so sorry. I'm I'm, you know, crazy about it and uh, essentially, she gets into, like, the science of making the bed and, you know, the specifics. You guys have, like, a certain, are you guys, like, crazy about having, you know, the obvious top part of the sheet at the top or, you know, the the tags at the bottom and, and so, so forth as well? Yes.
3: Yeah, <laughs> definitely, yes.
0: Yeah, me too. I uh, I don't think it's like a neurotic thing. I just think it, I don't know. I feel like it just makes the most sense.
3: Yeah,
1: like every, like when she explained it, like the tag, it can't be at the top left. It has to be at the bottom right.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I, in the same way, like even my pillowcases, the tag mm-hmm. on them has to go in first. So it's not like sticking on. Oh yes, oh
0: yes, absolutely. So, right.
1: Yeah, and I would assume if I had a patterned, comforter then it would definitely have to be the right way but mine is not patterned so that doesn't matter yeah there is a right way to do I even it drives me nuts but even when I'm like house sitting at someone's house or anywhere if I notice that the sheets are on the wrong way I have to change it it's like the what like the bathroom with the toilet it has to go over not under (laughs) and I will literally changes it
0: Oh, I'll change it. I'll change, I'll change toilet paper for sure. If I
1: can it's, change it, I will
0: change it. Yeah, it sort of feels like you're like imposing your own will in their household when, when you're, when you put the toilet paper over instead of under, yeah, it, ever, it feels like you're defiantly being like, no, this is the right way to do it. Um, so we hop over to the job, um, Chandler's job, and we find out that Joey is, you know, still on the hunt for a job he really does need something that he kind of needs to stick to and Chandler convinces him you know why don't you consider processing and this guy comes in and, and they kind of talk processing lingo and you know Joey realizes he's kind of a nerd but other than establishing the plot point I mean the scene really didn't have any real significance to it wouldn't you agree uh, I
1: think the only thing to note in this scene this Chandler offers him the job or tells him about the job. And then he's like, really, you're an actor. Just act like a processor. So he basically Mm -hmm. frames it in the mind of like, you don't need experience. Just act like you have the experience. So that's, that's kind of an important piece for the rest of it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, we go back to Monica and um, the girls' apartment and they are in the middle of kind of making up Phoebe to make her look nice for her date. And she kind of, you know, the camera pans on her and the mirror goes up and we realize she's got a ton of like chicken pox cream everywhere. And the girls sort of like, you know, try and do the best that they can. But then we cut really quick to the next scene where Ryan comes in, Ryan the Navy guy, and Phoebe announces that she has chicken pox. You know, she's got this shawl over her head so that he can't really see. And his question about chicken or small. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Am I the only one?
1: <laughs> no, it was funny. Yeah. It was it was a good like reaction. Like, I, I was taken back at first, but and like once you get it
0: you're like oh that's hilarious yeah yeah it was, it was so like under it felt like so under like a throwaway line but it was you had to almost like oh oh oh, yes chicken pox or smallpox like which one um there seems to be a lot of um kind of hubaloo about the uniform that he's wearing So Ryan, who is obviously played by Charlie Sheen, is supposed to be an officer on a submarine, but he is not wearing dolphins above his medals. And dolphins are worn by all qualified submariners, both enlisted men and officers. In addition to that, um, the military awards on Ryan's uniform are not in the proper order of precedence. So for an example, being the blue and yellow ribbon on the lower right corner of his awards rack, this is the Navy's, sorry, this is the Navy Distinguished Service Medal and is the highest award on his uniform, but it's placed last in the ranking. Um, So I find that interesting, like how kind of off it was. Um, and based on the rank insignia on Ryan's collar indicates that he's a Navy Lieutenant commander. So he's not just a submariner. He actually has some leadership. Um, and that's just all based on what he's wearing. So I thought I would throw those things in there. And I figured this was kind of a perfect episode for you to be, you know, guest appearance on because you have like a high esteem for anyone in the military and, um, so I thought that that would be sort of interesting to you as well. I know you're probably not as familiar with the ranks and how they, or maybe you are, What I don't know. What do you think of that? Yeah. You know, those facts.
3: I did not catch that, but I'm curious, was it intentional, like on their part to see if anybody would notice or were they not, just not paying attention? You know, like they just <laughs> needed a uniform and got one. Um, and you know, all those medals, they come off and so maybe they just, you know, this um, the wardrobe assistant or something, you know, put them on and didn't know what they were doing. So I'm curious, you know, if it was intentional or not, but no, I did not notice, um, to be honest.
2: I would
0: probably assume that I I would hope that it wouldn't be intentional to mix up something like that, especially when it comes to the military and how strategic and organized and, um, uh, honoring they are of leaders in command and rank that I would hope that they wouldn't have flagrantly made like a change in the order. Um, I don't think that would have been a really smart move for, you know, the show or the wardrobe department.
1: Yeah. It may have just been an accident.
0: Yeah. I think it, I think it would be, but it was just kind of, you know, interesting to, to kind of see those things play out. So he essentially tells her like, I haven't had the pox either, which then Phoebe's even more bummed, you know, bummed out by it because now, you know, she's like, well, great. If you had had it, it wouldn't be an issue that we would be in close proximity. But if you haven't, that means that like, obviously you're super susceptible because it is so easily spreadable and it's contagious. So he kind of says like, I don't care. Like I want to see your face. And so she reveals herself. And in that reveal, there's, you know, lightning outside that just happens to go at the same time, which (laughs) is really funny because um, he screams, she screams. It's sort of like a really big deal. And he tries to like play it off. Like, no, 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 it was the lightning. And it was just bad timing. And And she's like, Oh gosh, this just sucks. You know, like I had a great two weeks plan and this is going to totally ruin it. And he decides that he's going to go for it. Um, Question. Would you guys ever do that? No. Yeah. Figured figured that'd be a quick one for you.
3: If I was maybe in like, you know, a serious relationship and I wasn't going to see him for, I don't know, months and months and months, then yeah. I would,
0: you know, I, th- I think I'd risk it too. Anne.
3: yeah,
0: so. I, uh, th- Llewellyn's <laughs> like, no.
2: Uh,
0: so we go back to the job and it's Joey's first day. And he, we find out that he has made up an entire backstory about Joseph who has, you know, is a processor and he is working at this place. And he is full-on method acting. He has created characters and storyline and fictional family members. I mean, he has gone all in.
2: I would say
1: he is probably better at this than he was his entire time on Days of Our Lives. (laughs) (laughs) I think I would agree. (laughs) Like, he, like, stuck to the story. Granted, it was all made up, so he could, like, make it up on the fly, but still like in everything we saw with him as Drake Ramore like he this was by far better I thought acting
0: wise I 100% agree with you that is such a great yeah that to point that out you're so right um we haven't really seen him quite like this yeah you're I think you're absolutely spot on Dang, good catch! Good catch on that. Um, and and it's funny because he's so into his own fake kids. He's like Ashley and Brittany, which are the most basic white girl names. Um, he he like he's just like, oh, and she copies everything that she does. And he like holds his heart and it laughs at it. And he's Chandler's just like, oh my gosh, he has gone full method. Um, but we go okay. So you know what's interesting about this is you know every time. What's funny is that when Ryan visits, he visits Phoebe in Monica and Rachel's apartment and not in her own apartment, which she had moved into by the pilot episode. But Phoebe does live with her grandmother and states that she doesn't want to pass her chicken pox onto her. So it does make sense in that, in that element. But it is just funny that, you know, for the two weeks that he's in town, Monica and Rachel and their, you know significant others are sort of having to modify their entire schedules based on the fact that this guy is in town for two weeks and she has to stay at their place which is just an interesting you know element to the situation because where do they stay I mean you can see clearly Monica and Richard are you know through this whole episode like they're in bed they're in her bedroom so they're there now Ross and Rachel keep going in and out which we'll talk about in a little bit but it is sort of an interesting element to add a third couple into that apartment. Sure.
3: Yeah. There's really not room for them. There. Right. The yeah.
2: Wow.
0: And I could understand like the three days, like if, she, if it was the three days that she talked about, like he surfaces and it's usually for three days, but now it's two weeks, two weeks just seems like a long time to kind of modify your whole life. Yeah, it does. Um, so the, you know, we, we cut back and we see that, you know, obviously him, Ryan and Phoebe are, they've both got the full on chicken pox and they're playing a game. Um, they're kind of snippy at each other. I think it's because they're just so itchy and it's, you know, when you have something like that, it's so infuriating because you have no control over it. Um, And it's so like annoying and painful, but itchy and you can't relieve the itch because you know, it's not going to make it really better in the long run. I I can just see like being in close proximity for two weeks with the same person, like that would just drive. I think anybody would get really frustrated with their, you know, I mean, even for her, it's not like they're close friends. They literally only hang out for three days every, you know, like several years so they're really just, you know, they have the sweetest time. It's a romantic, but there's no commitment. You know, you can fake some, you know, fake, you know, relationship for three days, but like two weeks and you're both sick and you have to stay t- like in the same place together. It's just, I just feel like it was, it was, it's a lot to happen to a couple that doesn't really have any foundation other than, you know, hooking up every couple of years. Um, But they essentially, she starts, Phoebe starts itching herself with the dye as a way to, um, you know, start to try and relieve the itch. And he catches on and pretty soon, like they're both kind of just scratching each other. And again, classic friends mode, they go into this like weird storyline, you know, this running gag where they both are itching each other, but they're all using these you know, like dirty talking, but it's with like scratching each other.
1: (laughs) It's that like double meeting that they do a lot.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it's so funny to watch. And what, what is it? So Ross and Rachel come back from what you can assume is like a date night or they're hanging out maybe at Ross's place instead. And, and they come in and they're like, you guys, like you guys know better. (laughs) And Ross's, um, Ross's joke as in like, Ryan, you're a military man. Like I would expect it from Phoebe, but you're a military man. (laughs) Like that I think was so, that was so funny. I think Ross got like a lot of, there's a lot behind that one that I think was, it's just a really great, it's a really great line. I thought it was the funniest part of the, probably the whole episode.
1: That was pretty good.
0: Um. Okay. So then um, we go back to the job and Joey is so deep into his method acting. He is literally just like hanging around this lady in the office and they're talking about their kids and their families getting together and going onto the boat. One day we'll pack a picnic. He has created this life and he's now inviting other people to participate in a life that is not real. And the boss comes by and he's you know Chandler obviously like you know comes behind him and he you know Joey says like she's a big phony which is obviously a nod to him being a huge phony in the laughter category um but but the boss or or Chandler says like you know well she's gonna get a real rude awakening when she steps off the dock into nothing because obviously Joey is really laying it on thick. So the boss comes by asking for the numbers for Chandler. And he's like, I'm going to give my guys like the weekend off. And, and Joey, okay, fake Joey is starting to make it really difficult for real life Chandler. Yes.
2: Yeah.
0: In a way that only Joey Tribbiani can do, I think. Oh, do you kind of want to... I, I feel like Chandler... I mean, Chandler is definitely regretting having Joey come into his work life. I think at this point, yeah, he's just inserting himself into this hierarchy and he's beloved by all, but not really. I
1: think Joey, he just sees it as another, like, you know, acting job. Like to him, he's like, oh, I don't actually do anything here, but I'm just honing my craft of, you know, acting but yes which i mean chandler to be fair gave him the idea to do that but he just is so joey's so in his like um his acting mind that he doesn't see how it really affects chandler
3: right he has no concept no clue um of what he's doing to him yeah no concept but i
1: think it also like plays into the fact that like even us as viewers don't fully understand what chandler does um I mean we know he's a <laughs> processor <laughs> true but like we don't fully get his job so like it's just kind of I don't know I kind of saw it too as like a okay Chandler like this is you at work you're kind of a different person at work than you are at home but what do you do <laughs> you know so yeah it was interesting but Joey is clueless. this
0: um yeah no all that's great and so we, yeah, we hop back over to the girl's apartment and the Richard and Monica are in bed and they're, they're still on this topic of Monica thinks she's super neurotic and Rich, uh, Richard is so normal. And, but you know, she's kind of revealed her crazy self now that he's sort of made her explain it. And now she feels like she can just totally be herself around him. And you know, don't you appreciate your, your desk now? Can you not operate with it? With, if it's not perpendicular, he's like, if it's not the right angle, it's, if it's not a right angle, it's the wrong angle. Mm-hmm. She's like, yes, like not. And then tomorrow I'm going to do your clocks. And he's like, what, what could you possibly do in my clocks? And he's like, she's like, I'm going to put them on Monica time. Um, It made me think of like back in the day when I was in sports, the kind of mantra from the coaches were, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. Did you guys ever have anything like that for the things that you participated in? Yes. No, I
3: don't think so.
1: uh, We had that with band. It was um, five minutes early means you're on time, but anytime
2: Mm. you're late. Yep.
0: Yep, that sounds about right. I think I would strategically change the clock in my car to about 5 minutes, you know, fast so that if I was like dilly-dallying while I was out, I'd give myself like a 5-minute window of safety just in case I was, you know, trying to get somewhere on a certain, by a certain time.
2: Yeah, um, I did that a long time ago, like when I probably
1: when I first started driving. I always set my clock in my car 10 minutes fast and I mm at first it was because you know the whole like if you're on time you're late and I hated being I I still hate being late um yeah but I don't know I think now it's just to a point where my clock in my car is always 10 minutes fast and like I know it's 10 minutes fast so it doesn't like bother me anymore um (laughs) I always have to tell people when I get in my car like when I uh lived with this family and I would take their son to like practice or whatnot um I remember the first few times he got in the car and he's very like I have to be on time I can't be late um and he saw my clock once and I could tell physically that he was like freaking out because he thought we were going to be 10 minutes late but I oh no I there I was like oh by the way that clock is fast and he's like oh, oh thank goodness <laughs> like, why didn't you just look at your phone and you could yes. tell that it was fast but it was funny so I just do it now because I've always done it and I don't I, I don't know I just I just don't change back
0: hmm. but yeah. I think my clock has been off in my car for years now um and I don't know how to change it so I think it's I think it's two and a half to three hours off but I'm not even sure in which direction
1: yeah but we also live in a time now where everything is digital so we like I yeah Five times fast, like five oh, minutes fast. Right, like it's gonna right. be the right time, or my watch is always the right time because it syncs with my phone. So like, <laughs> right. so almost like now it's like, is it? Should do I change my oven clock five minutes fast? Like, right. will that really matter? So, yeah, that's in- interesting. It didn't age well?
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, especially with kind of that universal time where your Apple Watch is. I mean, yeah, you're right. You can't change it. <laughs> that'd be cool if they give you the option to do that, but I could see how that would be a horrible thing. Cause once you change the state, like time is not something that you can just change, you know, it's just ongoing and irreverent towards everything. It is a constant wheel. So anyways, but uh, so Richard kind of, you know, Monica's feeling like I'm the weird one and Richard, you know, doesn't have anything wrong with him. So he, he starts to like, try and tell her like, no, I do have a thing and this is it. I separate my sports socks from my normal socks or whatever he said. And she's like, oh my gosh, you do. And he's like, yep. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what do you do if it, like, if they mix, he's like, and, and you can tell in that moment, he's like, oh shoot. Like, I don't really care that much. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe I do do that in my drawer, but I'm not like crazy if it gets mixed up. And so, you know, we kind of realized that he's not as, you know, neurotic as she is when it comes to some OCV type things. So do you have any, any of those types of things, Llewellyn? Um, Yes, (laughs) (laughs) I do. What are they?
1: Uh, The biggest one is, I think I've said this on the podcast before, um, is like volume numbers. I'm I'm really weird because eleven is my favorite number, but I hate odd numbers. So <laughs> the volume on anything. So that could be the car, the TV. Oh like anything that gives you a number. Mm-hmm. So like on my laptop it doesn't matter because there's no number, but it has to be an even number. Yeah. It can be eleven because it's my favorite or a multiple of five. <laughs> 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 so I know really really weird really specific but um it has to be that and there are a few people that like to that know that about me and really mess with me oh on purpose <laughs> it drives me nuts but um, that's one of many that I won't dive into
3: <laughs> yeah I completely get that I'm that way too especially in the car with the volume and i do have numbers in the car like that it can't be on an even number it just can't
0: a little wait yours can't be on an even number
2: really odd
0: <laughs> oh, okay got it yeah yeah sorry so, i said the wrong we would not
1: ride in the car together well. <laughs> <laughs> it gets it does i will say it does get really annoying when um like i live in an apartment so you know when your tv is too loud and people can hear it you're like oh i want to turn it down but when the perfect number lands <laughs> on an and odd, an odd number, number, oh no. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> I just have to turn the subtitles on and have it down one Because
2: I... <laughs> 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 it's, it's the worst.
0: Um, I do, I'll also do that. It's either, like you said, multiples of five. So five, 10, 15, 20, you know, and up. Or if it is the radio and, and you're right, if it does, if the sound especially for radio, I feel like because you're in closer proximity to the sound, than it seems like you are in like a big living room. Um, I can usually do multiples of five in a living room, but for radio or like, you know, your CDs or your Blu-ray or Bluetooth or whatever, um, if I'm trying to find a level and it happens to be in between like five or 10 of the multiples, I'll at least have it on an even number. So it's like, you know, 24 or You know, twenty-two, but I wouldn't have it on. You know, like twenty-three because that seems to be in the middle of twenty and twenty-five. You know, like it has to be an even number.
1: So I'm not that weird. That makes me feel. No,
2: no.
0: I think there are other people out there that feel like that too, and I'm sure there's other things that I do that are like kind of like that where they're so specific, but I can't think of them right now. Um. So we go back to the job again and Chandler's sleeping at his desk and Joey comes in and lets him know that the boss is looking for him and that he's in trouble. And the reason that he's in trouble is because there were maybe some issues and it may have been Joseph's fault, which is Joey. But when Joseph was asked about it, um, he said that it was Chandler's fault. So Chandler is so mad because he's like, I want to fire you essentially, and so in order to kind of like get back at him, he's like, maybe I'll just sleep with your wife and Joseph just cannot even, and he does sort of the, the same thing that Joey does earlier in the episode where, you know, he's like, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll want a third kid. And he snaps his fingers. He's like, we just did. And so Chandler kind of does the same thing with like, I'm thinking about right now, sleeping with your wife. Oh, wait, I just did. And Joey's like, oh, and he says that his name is Chandy. Okay, Llewellyn, do you remember at the beginning of our series when I said, oh, Chandy Chandy, and I just said it like randomly and like made that our quote for the episode? I did not realize that they call- he called his fake character Chandy. Did you? No, he did either, no. But
1: it's
0: I totally, I know. I like literally have it in all caps and about 30 exclamation points. And I literally put, oh, Chandy Chandy in my notes because I was, I remembered when I said that just as like a random way to call him something because of how funny he was being. Um, So yeah, he calls his fake character Chandy and now I feel like it's a real thing. So good for us. Uh, We hop back to the girl's place and there's kind of a back-to-back scene here. Um, The, 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 the lovers have mittens taped to their hands and he comes out of the bathroom and he says, well, that wasn't easy.
2: Okay.
0: And Yeah
1: you notice that one of the oven mitts that Phoebe had on was a lobster yes
3: I did
2: no <laughs> uh-huh.
1: yeah it's the one that as they're leaving she like points at them or whatever and it, it's a full-fledged lobster mm-hmm. and I was like oh that's perfect because she called them they're like she's your lobster it's like oh, that's
2: perfect
0: but- oh my gosh I did not notice that great catch both of you oh now I'm mad at myself I'll have to Next time I watch that episode, I'll remember this and I'll, I'll look out for it. So you guys who haven't watched the episode yet, as you're listening to us, go watch it and look out for the lobster, um, mitten. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, um, what I thought was really sweet about the scene essentially was that Ross and Rachel were creating moments for them and like little dates. I thought that was so sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. I guess, I guess we just like, because we usually see Ross and Rachel so enamored with like themselves and the fact that like Ross and Rachel are together that like for them to create moments for others. I just thought not that it's not characteristic, but it's just different than they normally portray their relationship to be, um, or they never show really that side of it, that they would go to that lengths for a friend where they would cook a dinner for them and then leave and not like make it a double date or something, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I thought it was funny how Rachel was like, these plates are going to be hot, but that's not going to be an issue for you.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I also had to think, like, how long did they have to keep those on while filming? Like, because, you know, you have like scenes, you have multiple takes, multiple angles. Um, I wonder, like, like how annoying that would be if you kept having to film with these like mitts on your hands, you know?
3: Yeah, I'm sure it would
0: Like, I would start to feel, like, claustrophobic.
3: And did you notice, especially, I feel like, in that scene, but maybe when they were playing Monopoly as well, that Phoebe was really struggling not to laugh.
2: Yeah.
3: (laughs) Like, the most I think in any episode that I've seen, she was just struggling really hard to keep it together.
1: Yeah, I think it was
3: during both of
1: those scenes where they, like, had they were scratching all over the place like you could tell at one point you could see her face like above his shoulder and she was laughing mm-hmm. Lisa Kudrow definitely broke character multiple times in the episode.
3: right I mean I can only
0: imagine because it's just so funny <laughs> yeah, you're like rubbing on somebody scratching them but you're also making like really sexual noises like at the same time
1: script probably was hilarious to read they probably saw like in like you know quotations or whatever act sexual but scratch each other
0: (laughs) you're probably you're probably right you're probably spot on
1: charlie sheen's like what did i just sign up for
0: right yeah totally he makes an appearance and it's like the craziest like scenario And they're like getting hot and heavy while they're in the kitchen. And they realize that with these mittens on, they can't really take each other's shirts off. Like they're trying to both unbutton, but they've got these mittens on. It, it made me think Llewellyn, do you remember um, our Christmas party at work back? What, like a couple years ago now where we had to wrap the Christmas presents with mitts on.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It was, it's so infuriating.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
0: because you want your hands, like your fingers. You know how to wrap a present, and you want them to work a certain way. But Scotch tape, yeah,
3: off the yes, the
0: I don't know what it is, the tape holder, yeah, yes, all of it with mittens. (gasps) They made it like a relay race where you had one, you had one person bring the present to the table with the paper. The next person had to bring the paper with the box to the person with the tape. Then the person that had to tape it had to bring it to the person with the, with the ribbon to tie a bow on it. And then the bow person had to run it all the way down to the under other end of the building. And we had a very, very long atrium. Um, and it was, it was hilarious.
1: Was that the the same game that we had to run the present through the inflatable obstacle course?
0: no that was a di- no that was a different game but they used the same present as a way to like conserve mm. like different props and stuff That was an interesting-
2: um
0: yeah. yeah we had a huge like like relay inflatable where we had to like push the present I have never been more okay as if the wrapping game wasn't hard enough
2: yeah.
0: having I consider myself pretty athletic but I got demolished in that game side by side with the other team for some reason, needing to push that, push that box through and not having the full use of your hands that you'd be used to. It was so frustrating.
1: <laughs> it was, yeah, I would say the same thing. Cause, and I think you and I both went up against guys in our yes. and our, and They like flew through this course and I'm like, I swear to you, I am not this out of shape. Right.
2: (laughs) But those
1: things, they're a lot tougher than they look.
0: Yeah. Especially when you're carrying and the box wasn't like a little one you could just tuck under your arm and have full use of your hands. It was like, it was a large box that like, as you're going under these air tubes and through these little tunnels, like you'd have to have the box, like you'd have to have it in front of you to like squeeze through with you. You couldn't just like tuck it and go. It was so difficult,
2: That's fun, man. It makes me
0: want to like do it again to just prove that I'm athletically capable
2: <laughs> it of
0: running through an obstacle course <laughs> in a, in a timely manner. Anyway, so while they're all itching, you know, itching on each other, Ross walks in and then he he just kind of stares at them and immediately turns back around and exits the the apartment building. I mean, he just looked at it and was like I don't want any part of this
2: <laughs> and then left.
0: <laughs> it was really funny. Uh but then, so we cut to a scene still in the girl's apartment where Richard wakes Monica up to tell her the thing. And Richard says he has to sleep on this side of the bed. And she's like, no, you sleep on that side because I have to sleep on this side. And then he tells this whole story where he has to sleep on that side of the bed because of something about California and the beach and the, the ocean being on the right side, on, like towards his side of the bed. Um, do you guys do you guys have a side of the bed that you sleep on, or does it depend on the room that you're in?
2: Second
3: one. Yeah, for me as well. Depends on the room that I'm in, but I don't have a specific side. No. Yeah, no.
0: Um, okay, then what is the the caveat then to your sleeping d- to to determining what side of the bed you're on?
3: I don't think that I know. <sighs> To be honest, it's like you just know when you get in the room, but I don't know what it is.
0: Is it the closest to the door? Is it the closest to a window? No, I don't know what it is. I just know, though.
3: <laughs> Which sounds good. <laughs> Llewellyn? Llewellyn, do you know? some, a method to the madness? I... <laughs>
1: I'm actually sitting here thinking, because I, I sleep in a twin right now, so there really is no side use. <laughs> Right.
0: <laughs> I've been there, too.
1: Sleep on the bed. Um, I'm literally trying to think, like, okay, when I house sit and I sleep in anything other than a twin, where do I gravitate? I honestly, I hate to say this, but I don't know, right? <laughs> I would love to say that it's closer to the door, but, I mean... In reality like i am such a scaredy cat when it comes to staying places by myself um that i don't know that i'd want to be close, close to, to the, the door, door. <laughs> <laughs> so i do know that i really don't like sleeping next to a window i've learned that um so if there's a side that's mm. farther away from the window like if it goes up to a like if it's up against a wall and that wall has a window then i'll sleep on the mm-hmm. opposite side um but honestly I don't there's no rhyme or reason I just yeah. walk in and I'm like this seems like this right <laughs> I'm gonna
0: sleep here <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to agree with you I don't think that I I used to think that based on where I was that it was the side of the bed where the door is but right now in the bed I'm like in the bedroom I'm in It's the side that's closest to the window and away from the door. But I also think it's because the closet is on the same side as the door. And it just feels like, you know, if you need to open the closet, then that eliminates your walking space. I don't know. So right now I'm sitting on the opposite side of the bed that the door is on. So I think you're right. I think it just depends on like the setup of the room. And, like, there is no rhyme or reason. It could be closest to the door, farthest away from the door, closest to the window, not on the window side. Mm-hmm. It sort of just, like, depends on the room. Like, it sounds so funny, but I think you guys are right. Like, it's just, you just get in there and kind of yeah.
2: feel it out. Yeah. Yeah, that's hilarious.
0: What an interesting, <laughs> I, I, like, I like. kind of want to do an inventory of, like, I feel like up until this time, I would normally sleep on the door side, but but this is the first place where I haven't done that. I don't know. That's interesting.
1: Like, I feel like I really want to run that as a random poll in my like Instagram story. Like, do you sleep on Ooh, what yeah, side of the bed you do you should. sleep on and why? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I'd be curious to know, like, how many people say the same thing Mm -hmm. they're just like
2: oh I just know when I walk in that it's this side
0: why which (laughs) is funny because is it right side left side door side you know not door side window side maybe it's closest to the bathroom if you're like in a master bedroom or apartment where you've got your bedroom you know your bedroom or a bathroom attached like I feel like there's so many scenarios like, I would say maybe it was always on the left, but like, I've definitely slept on the right side, depending on like the, the way that the room was set up, my bed would have to be on a certain side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Okay. Um, that would be an interesting, um, poll Llewellyn. I think you should do that. And I want to know about it.
1: Well, well, you're my friend on social media.
0: so. Okay. I'll vote. <laughs> I don't know how to vote because I don't know how to self-assess myself, but
2: Um,
0: all right. So then uh, essentially Monica realizes, okay, you do have something crazy about you. She feels better that Richard and, you know, Richard has something that makes her feel less crazy. Um, Even though she definitely is the crazy one. So our final scene is Ryan is getting shipped back out again. It's been a great two weeks, which I think this is like the longest spanning episode. Like, We literally, this one episode of Friends covers a two-week time period, which I don't think any other episode quite does this way. I mean, maybe when we get to the whole, I don't know, like Emily Ross wedding, maybe.
1: That's two episodes, isn't it? Isn't it like the final episode of one season into the first of the next
0: Yeah, but they like go to England and spend time there. But in this one episode, we cover a two week span, which just seems maybe you're right. Maybe this is the longest time span that we cover in just one single episode. But I guess I'd have to maybe track that moving forward of just keeping that in mind of two weeks is a long time to cover in one episode, you know? Yeah, it is. Um. And okay. So then, you know, they're all kind of asking, like, are there any nuclear weapons on this thing? Like, where are you guys going? And he just keeps saying, like, I can't say, you know, I really can't say, uh, I just can't say. And it's just funny. Cause Ross then goes, it's neat learning about submarines. <laughs> like, he, you know, nothing has been learned from him. So, uh, Ryan and Phoebe walk out to go get him a taxi and Rachel kind of goes up to Ross and was like, you need to get you one of those uniforms. So you can tell she kind of wants to like role play with him, And, and he takes it in a Ross way and instantly books it to, you know, what is the back room where there's probably like a payphone or something. He's like, I'll contact people immediately. Mm-hmm. And he just like bolts away. And we cut to the outside of the, um, central perk, And they're kind of saying their goodbyes. And, you know, I think I remember the moment where I realized that Central Park was a play on Central Park. And I'm embarrassed to say that I think it was when I first started watching this series in order. Like I remember seeing it on, you know, on the TV and you'd always see it out of order. But the first time I was like, all right, I'm going to sit down and watch Friends all the way through. I think I, that's when I got it too. Like I realized it when Phoebe made the connection and I was like, oh, duh. And I'm kind of embarrassed to admit that.
1: Hey, why are you embarrassed? I don't think it's, Mm-mm. I mean, I don't remember when I like yeah. assumed that, but it just always its a one letter difference. Right.
0: Well, and that's why, cause I feel like it's an obvious parallel, like central perk like it, like it almost flows out of the tongue at Central Park. And so the fact that it took me that long to be like, Oh yeah, <laughs> like I am just, I just thought to myself, like, mm, you probably should have figured that out earlier, you know, that they made that parallel. So, but you guys are really great friends for making me not feel horrible about it.
1: <laughs> You're good.
0: <laughs> so, uh, so then, you know, Ryan leaves, he gets in his taxi and, um, you know, he's, he's off back to his um, thing. The, um, the song that they're playing at the end up where we belong is normally being heard in the scene during the qu- credits, as it's a parody of the scene from an officer and a gentleman. However, on Netflix in international, which now it's no longer in Netflix. So this is a little irrelevant, but I just, you know, kind of want to draw a parallel of that at one time, if it still is in international countries, um the song is omitted in international countries on Netflix for licensing reasons and substituted by a close resemblance to the original song. So they actually have to change it due to um, licensing in other countries, which is interesting because um, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this but like when I went to um, I went to Paris with my best friend for my twenty uh, eighth birthday, which is my golden birthday. Um, I was able to watch the big bang theory on Netflix, which is not available on Netflix, but it was in, in France. And so I started binging thinking like, Oh, they must've added it. Not thinking that I'm in a different, I'm in a different country. They probably have different agreements in different you know countries. And then I got back and realized that I had binged like the whole first season, you know, kind of at night when we were like winding down or whatever, while she was talking to her husband at the time, you know, cause they're, you know, far away. And, uh, and, and then I got back and realized that I had done all that binging and wasn't going to be able to continue forward because it wasn't on Netflix in the States. Um, so yeah, I just thought that was interesting that licensing agreements, um, cross, uh, country, cross countryly across, never uh, across international borders are different, which, you know, sometimes is an obvious thing, but yeah. So they play a different song at this part as well um okay anything about the main part of the episode before we finish up with the tag no okay uh so in the tag we see somebody entering into the cafe and we see that it is ross wearing the suit (laughs) and rachel is like well hello sailor and he's like i'm shipping out tomorrow And they do their little like, you know, play thing. He picks her up, sweeps her off her feet. They want to make it a night to remember since he's leaving tomorrow, (laughs) but she also has to close up the cafe. So she keeps having him go back to turn off the cappuccino machine to go grab her purse. And then she's like, oh, but then I have to go. And so he finally, like after the third attempt, just drops her onto the couch and, um, And it's kind and it's just like a funny, like a funny little play because you can, he turns around and sort of, you know, it hurt his back. So he's sort of trying to recover and, uh, just a, just a funny, funny moment that Ross would, that Ross wouldn't just like do it at home at night, like separately that he would show up to her work during, during like closing time and, you know, literally sweep her off her feet. Um okay. Anything anything else? I think we are that wraps up that episode. So Anne, do you want to be our honored guest and rate the episode for us this week?
3: Sure. I would be happy to.
0: I'm going to go
3: with oh man. You know what? I have to go with the orange couch because what two words oh i tell you two words tom sellick tom <laughs> sellick like
0: he's wow. my we should celebrity have had crush. Her on,
1: we should have had her on a while ago when, uh, when nicole was with us
0: yes wow yeah yeah and I did not realize you were a Tom Selleck fan yes
3: like celebrity crush (laughs) like Tom Selleck yeah
0: (laughs) that's amazing Llewellyn I forget already did Lorenzo write his episode in Orange Couch
1: um no I think he did Central Park yellow
0: oh he did okay yeah I think that's the first orange couch that we've ever gotten for an episode.
1: It might be. I don't recall, but it might be.
0: <laughs> and I think you just you just created it. You just oh, gave not- us our first orange yeah. couch, I think.
2: Tom, well really but, it was uh... Tom Sellers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that can be his thing, as Monica called it. He apparently has the hearts of a lot of women.
0: He does. Okay, Anne, Llewellyn and our friend Nicole, who you know, um, do not feel the same way about Tom Selleck that you and I do.
3: Oh boy. Uh, uh, I'm going to have to go. <laughs> 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 okay, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Guy. I'm just kidding. That's okay. Everybody's got their opinion.
0: Oh, that is funny. Okay, so our first orange couch goes to Tom Selleck. <laughs> It doesn't even go to the episode; it just goes to Tom Selleck. <laughs> That's hilarious, <laughs> Llewellyn. What is your rating for this episode? Because I, I know it's not going to be an orange couch for sure.
1: Oh, but I feel like no. that should be our uh, title of this episode—the one with Tom Selleck, <laughs> even though he's like
0: no, 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 <laughs> minimal in it. Like, yeah, like
1: hey, Charlie. and he's
0: uh, but,
3: right, uh, <laughs> Charlie. Who? <No. laughs>
1: uh, um yes and i think okay so this comes into play too whereas leanne and i are watching the whole season together so like we know every episode context wise um judging it by that i would give this one an unagi because mm-hmm. i honestly think it could be a throwaway episode um mm-hmm. all of the storylines like yes they were funny and it was a good episode altogether but it really doesn't push the storyline mm-hmm. forward for anyone yeah. yeah
2: um
1: so i think whereas it was a good episode and it had its moments um i could do without it being in the series and it would be fine i think it's because like the last episode with rachel and her parents is important and the next episode which i believe is the one with barry and mindy's wedding mm-hmm. like those yeah moments whereas this one is just yeah. like, okay we need a filler to get to that mm-hmm. um so that's what I would give it
0: all right I am going to give it a we were on a break um for pretty much all the same reasons um I think the only reason I'm not rating it lower is because we finally have a very 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 Phoebe heavy episode And we have essentially been begging for that on our podcast because we have pointed it out episode after episode after episode where Phoebe is the one that gets left behind in any greater storyline. Whereas in this episode, the ones that get left behind are Ross and Rachel, which for me is okay. Um, And so that to me is kind of like a double win. And that's, that's why I'm not rating it any lower. But for all the same reason that you said Llewellyn it doesn't move anybody's storyline forward um because the relationship between this you know Navy Ryan commander lieutenant um doesn't come like back at all it it y- you could have a throwaway and not even realize that Phoebe had this you know relationship at all he's never mentioned um at least I don't think he is he doesn't come back does he I
2: don't think so
0: I don't think so either Um, so it's not like, it's not like we've heard of him before in any preamble. If you threw this way, you would never know that Charlie Sheen, AKA Ryan even existed in Phoebe's world. And, you know, Monica and Richard's, you know, back and forth storyline wasn't a very strong one either. So I would have rated it lower, but it's very heavy Phoebe. And we kind of get the wayside of Ross and Rachel, which I'm okay with, um, um, Chandler and Joey, it was funny, but also not very strong, but they did have a, a solid, um, I mean, they had a solid storyline, you know, together, which was good. Um, so yeah, but maybe that's why I'm just kind of sticking with, we were on a break. I feel like that's a solid assessment, actually.
1: I will say that the opening, like the soft open, this is probably one of my favorite soft opens in a while. Um, just because I feel like it was so funny and there, a lot happened in one little, like, you know, what two minute scene, but yeah, usually they're like a setup for the whole episode and I thought it was just hilarious how they did it, but
0: yeah, you would rate this soft open better than the one with Eddie watching Chandler sleep.
1: <laughs> Cause that guy just creeps
2: me out. <laughs>
0: uh, okay. That's funny. Um, okay, cool. All great ratings. Now that puts us in our post show wrap up. So, um, Llewellyn, I see that you have something written down what you got for us.
1: I know you act like that's a foreign thing for me.
0: <laughs> well, the last couple of weeks it has been, which is okay.
1: Um, yes. So I don't, it's not any kind of brand I'm just recommending, you know, since we've gone through, you know, really cold weather. Um, I recommend if you don't own one and you live in a state that hurts your face to walk outside in the winter, buy a heated blanket. Um, I bought my heated blanket like two years ago. It was like 20 bucks on black Friday at Kohl's and it's like nothing fancy. It's not one that like programs on and off, um, which will probably be my next heated blanket purchase. Um, But there are nights when, like, I tend to leave my apartment cooler, one, because I don't like paying heating bills, and two, I just like sleeping in cooler weather, Um, but I'll just, like, lay on my couch and put my heated blanket on, and my body is, like, so warm under my heated blanket um, that when I get out from underneath it, I literally feel like my apartment is freezing. (laughs) Um, So I know a few weeks ago I mentioned, or maybe it was months at this point, my heated gloves that I have for work, which are amazing. Um, I also recommend a heated blanket, any brand, any kind, just get one.
0: That's a great recommendation. My roommates have a heated blanket and I have yet to kind of use it, but I keep eyeing it a little bit because you never know. Um, okay. My recommendation is the movie Jojo Rabbit. Now I watched this with my roommates last night. So this is super fresh. And what's interesting is that we all hadn't seen it, but we all heard it was good. But we all thought that the previews to this movie didn't make it seem appealing or enticing at all. And Anne, you will find this hilarious because I brought you up to them. I said, oh. here's the deal, friends. Here's the deal, roomies. Oh, yes. Me and my girlfriend have an agreement when we watch movies together because we have watched a lot of movies together. Mm-hmm. that if any one of us within the first 20 minutes says i don't want to watch this movie anymore the other friend has to give way and pick a different movie yes. and i said the reason we did that is because one night we watched two movies back to back where both of us the entire time were like not interested not intrigued mm-hmm. they, the the movies sucked they had horrible endings and yet we both sat through them in silence <laughs> because we had agreed to watch these movies together. right? So I told them this rule. I said, here's the deal. You know, we, we kind of were like, we're going through the list. And you know, when you have multiple people, they're all putting their opinions in for the movies. And you're just like, we're trying to pick a movie that we all haven't seen. Because if one person's seen it, then it kind of feels like you're like making that person watch it again if you haven't seen it. So someone mentioned oh jojo rabbit i heard that was good and i was like i haven't seen it and then the other person said well i haven't seen it and i'm like okay well that seems like that's a good place to start let's pick that movie but here's the agreement if any of us within like 10 or 15 20 minutes say like no i'm not into this movie can we please watch something else then we all have to secede. we're like we all agreed on it we laughed we cried it was funny historical um it was like a A darker comedic take, but also real, um, real, like historical in the sense of like, it, it just, it was an all, I was amazed by how good the movie was. I mean, like we were laughing throughout it. And then as the tone kind of shifted, you know, mid movie, as it was moving forward. Um, I mean, we were crying. It was such a great movie that it totally, it surprised me honestly with how good it was. So if you have not seen it yet, I highly recommend Jojo Rabbit to a friend.
2: Okay. Nice.
0: Um, Anne, did you have anything this week for us?
3: Well, I had one thought because I went back to the beginning of this episode where I talked about how much I love my Nissan Rogue. So if you happen to be looking for a small SUV, I would recommend the Nissan Rogue. It's a nice, nice ride.
0: What do you like about it most?
3: Um, I think I like the way that it sits. That was a big issue that I found with so many other smaller SUVs. I think because I'm a little bit shorter and I just felt like a lot of the dashboards were high and I felt Mm. like I
2: couldn't
3: see out the windshield. And so this one has a lower dashboard, a nice seat. It just sits really well. And it's just, it's a really smooth ride. Um, it's got good space. I just really enjoy it. Nice.
0: Awesome. That's a great recommendation. Nissan rogue, highly recommend to a friend. Awesome. Well, and as always, thank you for being on. Thank you for coming on to our show and helping us wrap up our guest friends appearances for season two.
3: Always a joy.
0: We love it. Well, we love you and um, safe travels back home. I know you were actually in the studio, quote unquote, <laughs> with Llewellyn right now because you happen to be visiting in Michigan and you're not currently in DC. So, safe travels back home. Um, next time, you'll have to convince your work to let you come out to Nashville to come visit me <laughs> so we can record together real time too. Yeah. Um, feeling a little left out over here, but that's my fault. I'm the one that moved away. <laughs> um all right so then next week we'll cover the season two finale the one with barry and mindy's wedding
1: yeah so we will catch you guys next week on the one with friends podcast